You know, I was talking with my cousin, you know, yes, a day before yesterday, you know, and we were talking about all the chaos that's in the world. And, you know, we could focus on that. There's division in our country, and, and, and we see all the, the, the problems. But one thing we can know is that we have a Savior. And the Bible said if we'll focus on Him, we can walk on the impossible situations. And that is something that we pray this morning, that each and every one of us would know Jesus. That is so important. You know, the Bible said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe upon Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? And that's what we need to realize. This life is temporal. You know, the older you get, the more you realize how short it is. You know, I remember as a young man reading from Solomon and how he said that life was like a blade of grass that, you know, was green and tender in the morning. And then the noonday sun comes and, and it withers and, and, and it dries up. And, and, you know, I've noticed my skin changing. <laughs> it's getting a little withery. Um, you know, I think the sun's getting up a little high for me. But the thing that we need to know is this life is temporal. And the reason, you know, we come into this life and, and we come in as babies and we go out like babies. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just the, the circle of life, but it's the way God designed it. Why? Because, you know, the whole thing about life is to say, who is our creator? How can I know him? I know as a young man asking the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't know who you are, but Lord, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I promise you this, God is always faithful if we'll be honest. You know, some people are afraid of being honest. They're afraid, well, if, I, if I'm honest that, that um, he's going to tell me that I'm doing things wrong, and you may be. I know one thing about the Bible. When I open the Bible, I get convicted. But the Bible says this. It says that this is the only looking glass that we need to measure ourselves by. Because if you're a chronic drinker, you can always find somebody that drinks more. If you're a thief, you can always find someone that steals more. I remember one guy was a thief, and, and he had a problem stealing. He said, but this one thing I do, I only steal from people with insurance. See, in other words, he justifies his, his, his thievery by the fact, that I only rob businesses that have insurance. And, and you know what? There's always a way to justify. But you know what God says? We need to be open to him. And we need to be honest with him. And, you know, when we're honest with God, we say, Lord, here am I. Paul said, the things that I wish, though, do not. He said, the things that I wish not to, that I do. He said, oh, what a wretched man that I am. How many have ever looked in the mirror and looked at yourself and said, what's wrong with you? Oh, I've done that more than once. You know, and they look and say, Bob, what's wrong with you? Why in the world do you make? decisions sometimes that aren't very good and you know we're coming into the brand new year this year and and it's time you know we make resolutions and and uh, so often they fail but my resolution this year is just to cry out and say god you help me with the things that i don't seem to have the power over 
Lord God, I found that in my weakness, there's the beginning of your strength. And Lord, you're able to do what I can't do. And Father, this life is, is, is a puzzle and, and sometimes hard to figure it all out. But one thing I know, I trust you as my Savior and as my Lord this morning. Amen. You know, I, uh, I, I was thinking of the new year and the importance of being connected. You know, the Bible said, no man is an island unto himself. God created us as creatures that need fellowship, companionship, and we need his presence. I think of Matthew 25, and I've read that a few weeks ago, and I'm going to read it a little bit again here. In Matthew chapter 25, speaking of the talents, speaking of the talents, life is a gift. It is a gift that we can do, we can either swander that gift or we can celebrate that gift. There are those that swander the gift of life. They forfeit it. They do it through many negative decisions. But I want you to know that life is a gift. And when we begin to look at it that way, we begin to see the possibilities that are out there to conquer. There are possibilities out there, but we have to see them. When we look at the, the ten talents, I want to just read that one time. He said, for the kingdom of heaven, this is in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Now remember, Jesus is defining what the kingdom is because people say, what is the kingdom? Well, the kingdom of God, he said, the fact that you've seen demons, seen people delivered of demons, you can know that the kingdom of God is here. That's the power. In verse 15, he said, And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway he took his journey. Let me share something with you. God will never give you more than you're able to do. You know, we all have different intellect. We all have different levels of intelligence. You know, I, my IQ is somewhere around 120. I'm glad it's not 160. I'd probably be irritated with everybody. <laughs> and you, you see what I'm saying? So what we, we realize in that is that God gives to each one of us according to our ability. Now, why doesn't he give everybody a real big IQ? Because we need people in all different levels of community. And that doesn't mean that someone is, is stupid because they do something that seems menial to another. 
But God understands that he wants them to enjoy what they do. Somebody plowed the roads this morning. Aren't you glad? It takes a community to make everything work. Somebody had to open the store this morning. Somebody had to turn on all the gas pumps somewhere this morning. You see what I mean? In other words, they're, they're, according to what your ability is, and you know something, you may say to somebody that works in a factory, you may say, oh my goodness, that must be horrible. And they say, hey, that's kind of fun. So God designs each one of us differently. Now, I know that if I'm going to have surgery, I want someone that maybe has a little bit of fortitude to know how to cut into my body and to do things. Now, I don't know how to do that. But I'm glad that God designed somebody's mind and somebody's ability to be able to do that. So he said, I've given, to one I've given five talents, to another I've given two talents, to another I've given one talent. So it depends upon what God has given. How many know we need to be faithful with the life that God's given us? Are we being productive? Or are we squandering? The thing that we need to understand is there's two things, there's two ways You'll be remembered. You'll be remembered by the the problems you solve or the problems you create. Some people in life, that's all they do is create problems. Remember what Jesus said when Judas said, Oh, why did you waste this ointment on your feet? He says, He said, Well, we could have taken that and sold it and given it to the poor. You know what Jesus said? The poor you'll always have with you. But the thing we have to understand about poverty is poverty is not how much money you have in your wallet. If you were, then I'll guarantee you, if I count my money, I'm poor. But poverty is not determined by how much money you have in your wallet. Poverty is a way of thinking. People can be raised in, in a development that is government uh, um that is government funded and then they themselves will find many times will resort to that same type of lifestyle because it is a way of thinking god said i want to change your way of thinking and we're going to see there was a man who who thought that way it said and then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made other Five talents. In other words, somebody that's given the proper faculties and goes and gets a higher education and then returns that to society, you see, that's when you take what you have and you build upon that. Amen? And he talked about another here. He said, and he went and he traded and made them another five talents. And likewise, he had received he that received two had also gained two others. But he that had one received and went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. 
And, and so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents and saith, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me five talents. And behold, I have gained beside them another five. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over the few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me the two talents, and behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over the few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou were hard, a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathered where thou hast not strawed. And he was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that that is thine. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I have strawed not. The one thing we know about God, the Bible said God is love. God is love and God is mercy. But see, he was accusing God. Some people accuse God. You know, well, God, you know, I didn't get what other people get. I can't sing like that person can sing. I don't look as pretty as that person uh, uh, looks. Well, you know, that person was raised in a house that was different from mine. And their father was, you know, and, and, and we can go on and on. And that's really what this man is doing. He said, I knew that you were hard. I knew this and I know that. You see, in other words, he had a negative attitude toward God. He was accusatory toward God. You know, it's easy to have a negative attitude. It's easy to 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 look and say, well, you know, they had better faculties and they had a better life and, and all of those things. But I want you to know something. What we need to do is look inside and say, what can I do? We sing that song and and, and in children's church, it says, I may never ride in the infantry. I may never uh, march on the enemy or zoom on the enemy, you know, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. And so we realize that, you know, Lord Jesus, what can I do? Maybe God has given me a, a, a gift of hospitality. And I just want to love people and be with me. You know, that is just as important as the brain surgeon. When you walk into a hospital, the the greeter is just as important. Not at the same level, but they're just it takes a community to 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 make things work. And it's the same way with God. What God is saying is to each one of you, life is a gift. And what you need to realize with that is how will you spend your life? What will you do with the life that I've given you? We realize that our liberty in Christ does not give us the right to indulge in selfishness. 
But we need to say, Lord, help me to be selfless. Parents learn how to be selfless. And we raise kids and they disappoint us sometimes. You know? But we have to realize something. I love what the Bible said. He said, is it the children that lay up for the parents or is it the parents for the children? He said, and I say it's the parents for the children. We, it's, it's, it has to be selfless. We learn selflessness by raising children. If we don't get resentful, if we say, you know what, Lord, I, I've done the best that I can do. Lord, you bless them, even if they don't, they're not close or, or even if it's not the way I thought it should be. I, I love my son and he's different from me. And he knows he is. In fact, he thinks what's nothing. God's good. But what I'm saying is I had all these desires. We're going to build a business. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, it, it, you know, it's because I had expectations of what a child should be. And, 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 and he's my son, uh, Benjamin, the son of my right hand. And he looks at me, well, Dad, I, 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 it's good you have expectations, but this is the life that I've got to live. We've got to let, you've got to let him go. And I love my son dearly, by the way. But he's different from me. We, we raise these people that are different from us. But see, that's what teaches selflessness, is to say, Lord God, I've been faithful as a parent, or I've been faithful, and Lord Jesus, now I release them to you. And I go on. In Deuteronomy 6, 7, it says, And thou shalt teach them diligently, and diligently unto thy children, children, and shall talk with them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. We, 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 we train. It's a train a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. You know, though our sins have been forgiven, as we ask Jesus to come into our lives, we realize that there's consequences to the choices that we make. And that's why we have to be very careful to say, Lord God, help me with my choices. I mean, how many of us have ever made bad choices? Maybe you bought that car you shouldn't have bought. Some people, they go out and they say, there's that new car, you know. No interest for 90 days and you get in and it smells new and everything's good. And all of a sudden the first payment comes around you're thinking, maybe I made a bad choice. We make choices. But we have to understand that every choice that we make has consequences. And that's why it's very important for us to seek advice. In Isaiah 6, uh, 56, 4, it said, For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbath, choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. And Philippians 1 and 22 it says but if we live in the flesh this is the fruit of my labor yet what I shall choose I want not here what Paul is saying is it's better for me to go to be with Jesus in other words he was going through some very difficult times if you don't think the patriarchs of the Bible don't suffer depression sometimes in fact, they said about Elijah, Elijah is that he, he was so depressed, he said, Lord, I just want to go. I've had enough of this. 
Well, Paul is kind of in this same place. And he says, uh, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I want not. In other words, I want the Lord's will, regardless of how I feel. Regardless of what I'm going through. You see, that's what it means to endure. That's what it means to say, Lord, I just trust you and, and I stand with you, Lord God. You're the one who guides my steps. This can be seen vividly through Jesus' parable of the talents. The Lord gives us gifts. He gives us skills. He gives us resources. He gives us talent. And we are responsible with the life that we've been given. I thank God. You know, my son was saying yesterday because he came down for Christmas. And he said, you know, he got here before the plows got out. I said, I can imagine people, the phone's probably ringing in Christmas morning and thinking, don't answer, it's the boss. We know it's snowing out. and we're gonna, But, you know, eventually, of course, they knew they had to answer that. And they had to go out. But thank you that people were faithful to go out and plow, to go out and do things. You see, we need to be thankful for those that are willing to sow into this life. In Proverbs 11.30, said, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. In Daniel 12 and 3, it says that and they that shall uh, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. In other words, God gives us rewards according to our faithfulness. He gives us rewards according to our faithfulness. So we look at accountability. Accountability means that we are answerable to others and that we should accept the responsibility as a gift from God so we look at the examples of what it is to be accountable and I think I go back to Genesis 3 and 9 it said and the Lord called uh, God called unto Adam and said unto him where art thou how many times I look out in the congregation and see someone missing and say, where art thou? What, where have you gone? And we know that what Adam said, he said, for I am naked. And he said, who told you you were naked? He said, have you eaten from the tree that I've, that is forbidden? Now, look at that tree just for a minute. Whether it was an apple or pear or an orange is really irrelevant. If you say to your child, here's the cookie jar, don't touch it. And that child gets into the cookie jar. See, it's about authority, isn't it? It's about teaching people to obey authority. How I many know we're having a problem in our culture today with authority? To respect police department, even when you're the one at wrong. Maybe you just rolled through a stop sign. I've had that happen. And in rolling through the stop center, a state trooper saw me do it. And he stopped me. And I'm thinking, doesn't he have something better to do than to pick on somebody? See, that's my attitude. But then I have to correct that and say, Lord Jesus, that's wrong. I didn't say that to him, by the way. I was very respectful. And he gave me a ticket 
for rolling. He didn't put rolling through a stop sign. He put failure to stop. <laughs> I like the rolling through better, but they're right to the point. So many times we, we come up against authority, but I thank God for authority because we, it, it can keep us safe. It can be there. You know, government is important. The Bible said pray for those that are in government. Pray for those that are over you in the Lord. I think of Samuel as he spoke to Saul. He said, what have you done, Saul? And we've talked about that a few weeks back. And Saul disobeyed God. But he was very clever in his disobedience. By saying, oh, I did this for the Lord. But it's not what God wanted. How many of you have ever done something with good intention? But you actually disappointed the person you did it for. I just remember again, this is an illustration of my grandmother's favorite rug. It was her mother's rug, and she loved that rug. It was a braided rug. And I was going to surprise her one day. It looked kind of dirty. And I threw it in the wash machine. I don't know how I got it in there, but I got it in there. Well, that braided rug, rug turned into a noodle. I kept pulling it out. <laughs> I wanted to please my grandmother. Instead, she had a nervous breakdown over it, I think. My mother's rug. My intentions were good, but they were misplaced. And what Samuel said to Saul was, listen, is it better to, uh, to, to sacrifice or is it better to obey? And Samuel said, it's better to obey God than to sacrifice. I think of my grandfather and the story he had that he worked all day and went home and his son's job was to shovel the driveway. When he got home, his driveway was full of snow, but his son had shoveled a path all the way across the field to his friend's house. He surely was tired. He had worked so hard. But his dad, my grandfather, said to him, he said, well, he said, you've shoveled the path there, but you forgot the driveway. You know, so often, you know, we, we can get sidetracked, we get into things, but we did good, we did good. But little do we realize that it was misplaced. So sometimes we get to grow and say, Lord Jesus. And one thing I've learned, never put a braided rug in a washing machine. <laughs> it doesn't usually turn out very good. <laughs> Knowing, I think of the importance of, of accountability, is knowing that someone will ask about our conduct motives. They will question us maybe. But you see, when we're answerable to others, it can motivate us. 
Maybe it's prayer. Maybe you're saying, well, I'm supposed to be there at 6 o'clock for prayer, and, and, and it motivates you because you know somebody's expecting you. So you say, you know, I, I feel that I, I, I need to go because of accountability. You know, that, you know, there's an old saying, iron sharpens iron. We must regularly, regularly face the truth about our attitudes, actions, and examine whether they are staying in the center of God's will. It's easy. How many times I meet people say, I don't go to church because I was offended. Well, well, I guess I shouldn't go then. <laughs> I've been offended many times. But what you realize by that is that doesn't mean that you don't do what you know is right. Being responsible to the Lord and others challenges us to maintain a high standard. Challenges us to do better. But we have to ask ourselves, why do we resist accountability? I think of the 70s, that song that says, we don't need no education, we don't need no big fine cars. All of that was about rebellion. I don't need those things, you know. But the fact of it is rebellion is one of the greatest reasons that people refuse accountability. Maybe it's slothfulness, it's just laziness. I don't want to be out and doing things. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling lazy. How many of us ever felt lazy? <laughs> I felt so lazy before I didn't want to take a shower or get up. That That's a feeling. But then you get up, you get going, don't you feel better? Right? For some, it's the fear of loss. In other words, maybe they'll ask something of me that will keep me from the things that I want to do. Maybe God will. That's why we have to trust Him. I knew a man one time that, and he was saying that, I'm afraid to pray because I know God might ask me to do something I don't want to do. Or someone may say, you know what, I don't know what God's will is, but I'm going to marry this person, then I'll ask him later because I'm afraid he might say no if I don't. untrustworthy person that does drugs always thinks the cops steal their drugs so they can do them <laughs> I know what he wants he wants my drugs so he can do them and because they become untrustworthy of everything because they think their life is what everybody else is thinking and another one is pride God hates pride But we look at what happens when we're not accountable. We cannot do our best. In Proverbs 12, 15, it said, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth to counsel is wise. 
And Proverbs 21, 2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. Our resources may be wasted. Spiritual growth will be hampered. There'll be divisions in our most important relationships. We'll miss opportunities, privileges, promotions, and rewards. So we realize then that, Lord, let me be connected. Maybe you have a boss you don't like. You know, maybe you're going through something. I'm going to tell you this right now. People who leave their job because they, don't, they have a boss they don't like is going to find another boss they don't like. What we need to do is say, God, what are you trying to do in me? I think of Judge Judy. She was talking to some young person and said, you think uh, I haven't had bosses I don't like? You think I haven't gone through things? It's part of life. But that's where we say, Lord Jesus, I don't understand why there is this irritant in my life. You know, I, I think of, um, think, i got to think what I was thinking of. Amen. In the Seinfeld episode, where Newman, the, he's, he's, everybody likes Newman, but Seinfeld, Newman, just, they just clash, you know. And sometimes you wonder, why, what, what's wrong with me? And why, why can't I get along with that person? But what we have to realize in that is sometimes God allows irritants in our lives to strengthen us. Helps us to build character. So we look at accountability as absolutely necessary in every aspect of life, starting with relationships, our families, and among fellow believers. However, we must also hold others in society responsible for what they do. When we look at marriage, marriage is two different human wills coming together. There's friction. There's difficulties. One person said one time, they said, you know, we've been married 40 years and never had an argument. And somebody spoke up and said, which one was the sap? (laughs) (laughs) The fact of it is, is we have wills that differ from one another. In the church, there there are going to be thoughts that differ from one another. We can look in the Bible when, the, when they got together and they decided uh, that Paul would go to the Gentiles. And the Bible said that they debated for days, for a long time. There was differences of opinion of what Paul should do or whether he even should be sent. We're going to run into difficulties, but what we need to understand is that we need to say, Lord, I am committed. I've made up my mind. I will serve the Lord. We have differences of opinion in Washington, D.C. I guess we do. But it's a different atmosphere than it used to be when Tip O'Neill and, 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 and a Republican, they would argue and they'd get together and, have, and play golf together. Have tea together. You know what? We may differ in opinion, but that's a, it seems like we're getting a lot more toxic today 
than ever before. In other words, we can't agree to disagree. But the fact of it is, is all that will do is divide us. The Bible said a house divided cannot stand. And the devil knows that. He divides households. The Bible said in the last days it will be, it will be uh, um, child against parent, parent against child, sibling against sibling. This country faced that during the Civil War. Where one brother was on one side and another brother on this side. How many know that's not the will of God? We need, to, we need to say, Lord Jesus, let us be kind one to the other. Let us realize that someone may have a, a totally different opinion than I do. But the one thing I know is this. You are love. God, help me to love. Help me, Lord God, to stand accountable for my actions, for my words. For the things that I say and do. Let's not be like the one who hid his talent and accused God. But let us be the one that says, Lord, what can I do? How can I help somebody? How can I give a gift? You know, I think of Barbara this last week. We had the Way Out program. And we had some people. And she came and she gave gifts to everybody. You know? Just just an act of kindness. And you say, well, you know, I'm not a rocket scientist. You know, I can't I can't do uh, what somebody else might do. Some people think that ministry is about being a pastor behind this desk. But I want you to know that every one of us are born to be ministers. Jesus said, if you give to those who thirst... You've given it to me. When you give to those who are naked, you've given it to me. When you give to those who are hungry, you've given it to me. And you know something? We don't need to hide our talent. But surely we can say, Lord, there's something I can do. I think of my wife last year seeing a lady crossing the bridge with no coat. And she stopped and gave that lady her coat. You know? And, and, and the thing is, is, is you say, well, you know, Lord, what can I do? What can I give? How can I be accountable for the life that I live? How can I say thank you, God, for life? Thank you that life is a blessing. And I hope everyone here says thank you for life. You know, we were born. Amen. We were born. And the th thing of that is, is that, thank you, Lord. We have people that they just get so in such a place they commit suicide. Suicide's on the rise. Why? Because of hopelessness. God, help us to have an encouraging word for somebody. Help us to, to build and not to tear down. Father, we love you. Would you all stand with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. We need one another. God designed us that way. He designed us to be accountable one to the other. 
to pay back for what God has given us and to be faithful to Him. He said to Adam and Eve, said, Be fruitful and multiply to His glory and His blessing. In other words, what He was saying to them, Give. I've given to you. You give. You produce. You go forward. So either we're going to accuse God of being this hard person that, that gets what they don't deserve and, and, and all that, or we're going to have a right attitude. We're going to say, maybe I've only got a little. Maybe I'm not as bright as the next guy. I don't care how bright you think you are. There's always someone brighter, let me tell you. <laughs> always someone smarter. But Lord God, what can I do for you today? How can I be a blessing? How can I spend my life? Amen. And that is really what Christmas is about, and that's what my New Year's resolution is this year, to say, Lord Jesus, I want your will. I want your will in my life. I want to be a blessing in 2022. I don't know what the finances and all that stuff, that's beyond me. But God... You've given me faculties. You've given me the ability to understand. And I pray, Lord God, that I'd be a blessing in 2022. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your goodness, for your mercy. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that we can be faithful to you that we can have an ear to hear what the Lord is speaking even this day. Lord, I pray in your holy and your precious name that each one of us would face this new year, 2022, with optimism, excitement, knowing that you've given us peace that passeth understanding and you've given us joy that fills our hearts. And we thank you for the gift of this next year as you give it to us. And we all pray it in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the food that's prepared and for the fellowship downstairs. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.